Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? <laughs> Great way up? to start the what show. What was that? My name's Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. I freaking just sneezed. I felt oh, okay. the sneeze come on right as the drop was coming in. That's funny. Oh my goodness. Uh, but welcome to Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Excited to get back to podcasting this week. This week would be the first official. Let's see what we got this week. First official preseason week. Uh, yep. The Jaguars played the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and no one played besides Josh Jacobs, where there was utter pain. And um, Trayvon Walker played. He played. Oh, first yeah, overall for, pick. for the Jacksonville. But you got to yeah. get the You got a sack, there. too. You got to. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, against Jared Stidham. Yeah. Does yeah. that count? <laughs> Take that uh-huh. for a grain of salt. But everyone's, everyone was up in arms and outraged over. Uh, what was his name? Josh Jacobs getting oh. uh, two, was it two drives? Uh, so it was him, and then Zamir White came in, and then Kenyon Drake came in last. Interesting. Mm. But uh, I don't, I have no idea. Jacobs also had six yards per carry, and Zamir White had 4.7, yet everybody was saying he's the new starting running back. So. <laughs> Yeah, Josh. Josh Jacobs. Uh, for fantasy, uh, I'm concerned, very concerned. Not because of this game, but because I know Josh McDaniels. I know the yep. way the running backs running out of the system. Uh, so it's it's concerning to see Josh Jacobs in that position. But that was an interesting game. This week we do have a lot more games starting on Thursday: Patriots, Giants, Titans, Ravens, uh, and then Friday we got a whole litany of games. Saturday more. Uh, I don't believe there's one Sunday game at 4:25. Vikings Raiders. Interesting. I will force my parents to put that on. Because I. Know I'm ready for the Jaguars Browns game. <laughs> oh, yeah. You really excited about that one? I want to see Trevor Lawrence. Yikes! But uh, preseason is back. Uh, I hate it. Love it because. <laughs> football i guess everybody can overreact to their wins and losses uh, tonight hard knocks comes back so i was thinking about it. i'm very excited for hard knocks i'm very excited they're putting out some content here with dan campbell i'm gonna watch uh, it this year's first year i've actually sat down and watched all of them i oh, watch clips and stuff but never you're gonna love it dan campbell man he's gonna <laughs> enlighten our minds with his he literally there was a there was a clip from an episode just to promote it mm. um and he said something like, we're going to keep treading water until we end you. And I'm like, what does awesome. that mean? That's so awesome. What does that mean? I don't Nobody know. Knows. But I totally want to tread water until we bury them. Right. Okay. All right. That's, That's what you got to do in your fantasy leagues. You got to tread water. Until you bury them. Until you bury them. Uh, but anyway, very, very interesting. I was. Um, it's. It's like. It's like exciting because I love watching Hard Knocks. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's. It's also sad because I'm realizing that Hard Knocks is just coming on now, which means that we still got like four episodes of that before the NFL season starts. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, that's kind of tough. Anyway, but uh, the, the NFL season is fast approaching. It is draft month. We are 
in the midst of doing three episodes a week. We started that last week. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about our top five breakout wide receivers for the 2022 fantasy football season. Give you five guys that are going to break out. Uh, Before we do that, check out our website, fantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all the platforms. Uh, If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, please leave a review. Just type a review in there. Uh, We've got some reviews from people, but the kindest thing you could do is leave a review. Yeah, Uh, share as many reviews as possible. And then send this to your your other league mates. Or don't. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, click the button for notifications, like and comment down below any questions you may have. Um, All right, let's start with our top five breakout wide receivers. Um, it should be a fun show. So this is um, interesting. Mm. Breakouts are because everyone will say a certain person is a breakout. These are guys that haven't necessarily broken out yet um, that are on the press a pick of breaking out. Um, they're usually younger guys. Yep. I say I say younger usually, guys with potential. They're younger guys with potential. Um, and breakout for us, we're telling you five guys that there's obviously going to be like, we, we'll have projections on some of these guys, some of them higher than others. Um, but the projection is usually like the median of what we think a player might do. Um, this, we're talking about what these players could do this season, um, which is break through a ceiling uh, or break through their ceiling and and have a really great season, end in the top ten, and you know end up being a really good wide receiver for your team. So um, we got five guys on this list. We'll start out with number one and arguably probably the safest breakout, easiest ever, one you could easy, possibly do, easiest and safest breakout that I could ever possibly come up with, and it is C.D. Lamb. Um, and I think a lot of people might say in the fantasy community, all right, he's already been a breakout. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, has he though? He was a rookie in 2019. Is that correct? Yes. So he was oh, a rookie. 2020, I think. 2020. Was it 2020? My God, yeah. I went too far back. Uh, 2020, he was a rookie. Uh, CD Lamb finishes the wide receiver 20. Last year, he finishes the wide receiver. Um, it, this is 19, in half PPR. I believe. This is in PPR, I was 19. And in PPR, he was 19. So, One spot. Fi- finished sure. in the same areas. Last year, he had moments mm-hmm. where he was even ranked ex- expert consensus on fantasy pros for long stretches top of 12. time as top five, even. Yeah, um, top 10. Yeah. So, CD, you would say, has broken out, or a lot of people feel he's broken out, but he really hasn't performed. Like he had 180 in happy PR, he had 187 in 2021, and in 2020 he had um, 180. So, I mean, he didn't do anything much different than what he did in his rookie season last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that the man has not broken out yet. Um, but I feel like at this point, we've talked about the Cowboys situation before. We talked about where the Cowboys are going. Um, Dak does concern me cause he does like to throw it, uh, pretty much all over the field to the seventh string wide receiver sometimes. And it's kind of annoying, but with Amari Cooper gone, this is going to open up, uh, CD lamb for anywhere between nine to 11 targets a game. 
And at that pace, he'll definitely hit 160 targets on the season, um, which is easy money. Not having Cooper there opens up so much of the offense for C.D. Lamb to come in and offer up a breakout season. And when I say this, like C.D. Lamb's ceiling is is up there with the top three or four guys in the NFL um, in fantasy football. So like if they target him the way he should be targeted and they get him the ball in spots that he should be getting the ball in, i.e. the red zone, um, you know, third and fourth down situations and stuff like that. Like he should be a breakout wide receiver and he should re- return the wide receiver six ECR value that you're getting him at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. They had, you know, how many vacated targets they have with Cooper gone and uh, also Cedric Wilson. Enlighten me. They have 206 or 205, sorry, 205 vacated targets, um, which Sheesh. is a lot. Not only the vacated targets, though, they had 14 touchdowns between those two guys. You know, Cedric Wilson had six touchdowns last year, the same amount as CeeDee Lamb. So CeeDee Lamb, you would expect him to get more in the red zone. Mm -hmm. You would expect him to just get more targets in general. And 120 isn't even that bad. Um, There's already been talks about him being like the lead dog. And Mark Cooper had comments about him like leading the receiver group now that he's gone. Um, yeah. in training camp, he's been clearly the number one guy. I think he's really in line for 150, 100, and maybe even 60 targets. He's in line for a monster, monster season. Yeah. Um, in an offense that is not bad at all. I mean, it's a top 10 offense in the league. Yeah. And if you're going to be getting that kind of volume in a top 10 offense, um, it's a recipe for success. So I'd be shocked if CD Lamb doesn't have a, uh, a monster season this year and it's going to be considered a real breakout not like a wide receiver 19 type of finish it'll be a wide receiver like five something like that yeah i'm trying to see his reception perception right now but um things aren't loading i think i have him as my wide receiver five or six but i don't know i, I keep flip-flopping yeah, between him and his Devontae expert consensus right now is is uh, between six and seven. It like goes back and forth, but yeah, um, he should be. I think six. Yeah, if if you were to look at his his reception perception chart, uh, if you have access to that, um, his success rate by route is just green everywhere. Um, there's not a route he struggles with. He's 91st percentile against man, 79th against zone, and 82nd against press. Uh, he's just an elite wide receiver. And if he gets elite, he's not only an elite wide receiver, but if he gets op- elite opportunity, like 160, 170 targets, mm-hmm. the guy is going to be a top six, top five wide receiver in fantasy football. And if you can smash that guy in the second round, um, I would do it. Because uh, yep. I think there's a there's a breakout coming definitely for him. And then the other thing I was gonna say is, like, I, I don't I don't really know what Dallas was doing with CD Lamb. So th- this is the only drawback. Because I guess you got to have some caveats. The only drawback that I have with CD is the the Cowboys just being That's stupid. Understandable. His A dot last year was number sixty five. 9.4 yards average target distance. Ugh. That's gross. Yet he still averaged 13.9 yards per reception. I don't know. I don't I don't get it. <laughs> That's because he's very good off yes, the catch. Yes, he's very good. 
So, uh, yeah, I, I would I would target him in drafts. I'm very excited to see what CD does. Um, if I'm in the middle of, of a fantasy football draft um, or at the back end of the first round going into the second on the turn, I'm I'm drafting CD Lamb in those areas all day. So you're telling me I should draft CD Lamb the yeah. ninth pick in our home league. Or you could with go the second running round. backs. Or I hear you have two running backs. You yeah, who knows? Could, who maybe knows? I will, maybe I won't. I just know you're probably gonna take like Javante or Saquon. <laughs> no maybe uh, hopefully i mean maybe. You're, you're negotiable so if if i was able to get him or if you were able to get cd then i could negotiate for him yeah maybe depends who you pick uh, right <laughs> you're gonna pick somebody i don't want at all for, like the second and third round picks for <laughs> but anyway we'll get there when we get there uh draft cd lamb when you have an opportunity number two Michael Pittman Jr. Rick, give me your thoughts on why Michael Pittman Jr. is a breakout this year. Um, to start off, he goes from Carson Wentz to uh, Matt Ryan, uh, which you might not think is a huge upgrade, but Carson Wentz is not don't good at all. The, don't insult the Carson Wentz truthers. I'm insulting him. I'm just not. He, he has a couple big plays here and there. Yeah. And statistically, his touchdown interception ratio is actually very good, but he had a lot of interceptable passes. Um, he doesn't have the greatest completion percentage mm-hmm. so far in camp for the commanders. Uh, the quotes have been, I think Ron Rivera said he's inaccurate at times, but we're not worried or something like that. So that yeah. just is Carson Winston in a nutshell. Um, but he continues to get chances while Matt Ryan is hungry, uh, an opportunity, a new spot. Doesn't really get talked about as much as like the veteran guy who gets into a much better situation. Um, and I don't think he's going to be relevant fantasy wise, but Matt Ryan, I think has a little bit tiny left in the tank that he can at least have a better season, more efficient season, um, than Carson Wentz. So you get that quarterback upgrade. Uh, there's also some vacated targets on the Colts. Uh, T Y Hilton is gone. There's not, um, I believe who was it? Jack Doyle. Yeah. So the tight end's gone. They have 154 vacated targets, really which isn't a ton. Anymore, but um, if you look at the depth chart, the wide receiver two right now is Paris Campbell, who has played like five games in the last three years. Uh, they have rookie Alex Pierce, and then they have tight end Mo Ali Cox, and that's it. That's virtually their whole weapons group. So the Colts, who are a team that doesn't throw it a ton, but they throw it a decent amount, you would expect Michael Pittman to get a large share of that. He had 129 targets last season. And now he's kind of like CeeDee Lamb, where there's even more opportunity with an even more efficient quarterback. Yeah. Um, and I want to say last year he wasn't bad either. Yeah, he was right around that CeeDee Lamb mark, wide receiver 21, um, which was only two spots lower than CeeDee Lamb. And if you include week 18, because I guess he had a good week 18, um, he was wide receiver 17 last year. So yeah. the wide receiver 17 gets a quarterback upgrade and more targets. I think it's safe to say that he's going to have a big season this year. Yeah, he's I think the thing that excites me more specifically about Pittman is is his like coming in, like I liked his situation with with Indianapolis. Like obviously they don't have a quarterback, but you know, the offense is not a com- in complete shambles. They're basically, you know, which is why they keep trading for a quarterback. They're a quarterback away. Right from being maybe um, a top three team in the AFC, so 
for me, it's like, you know, I like the landing spot for Pittman, but he never really had a quarterback. And even with Carson Wentz last year, was last year's rookie season, by the way? I believe so. Pittman, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I think he's in year three. Oh, okay. Um, but either way, it's just the quarterback position has been an issue f- for him, um, which is why I think last year, like, he could have even ascended higher had he had a quarterback. Like, I, I think that's how good a player is. But coming in, like, I like his size, 6'4", 220 pounds, but mm. he also now brings this really, really, really high-level ability to run routes. And because of that, his big-bodied style makes him a red zone target, and his ability to run routes, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Julio Jones in a way. So... Like the player is really good. Like he's he's very, very talented. The question is obviously I think the offense is gonna be but the good is but the question is, is Matt Ryan good? Yeah. So if if he's better than what Carson Wentz was last year, I think that Michael Pittman is a top ten a top ten wide receiver in fantasy football. Uh the other thing that's good about Michael Pittman is that there is there is worlds where he is getting uh, he's sliding uh, to late fourth round in some form uh, in some formats, so he's not a guy that's going to cost like we talked C D Lamb just a second ago. He's gonna not going to cost the C D Lamb second round pick. He's a fourth round pick. Not a lot of people are completely in on him. And honestly, I didn't realize he had as great a season as he had until I looked at the numbers a couple months ago. So, um, Michael Pittman is, is a smash for me. Like, I think if he's on the board yeah. in the fourth round or late third, you know, he's a guy that I'm like, okay, I want to jump in on that, uh, percentiles for him, 79th against man, 88th against zone, 96th against press. He's oh, been very, don't very press good. Him. He's, he's an impressive wide receiver. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does in 2022. Uh, he also had a very bad average target distance, but as you would expect from uh, the Colts not having a quarterback, that would be, you know, a big situation. Yeah. I mean, what I will say about Matt Ryan, um, he was he had a horrible offensive line last year. Outside of Kyle Pitts, he didn't really have a receiver, yeah. but he still had a higher completion percentage and more yards than Carson Wentz. Um, the only thing was he had less touchdowns, uh, which – I'm hoping is because of Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and he seems rejuvenized a little bit, rejuvenized. Um, a little bit more juice because uh, apparently he's been running practices and Frank Wright has been letting him run the practices like for the offense. Mm-hmm. So he seems to be uh, very involved. So I'm very interested to see how he plays compared to Carson Wentz yeah. did last year. But I, either way, I'm excited for Pittman as well. Okay, let's talk about the next guy who goes by the name of Jerry Judy. And I guess I guess you could put like a forward slash Cortland Sutton as well. Yeah, but he kind of already had a breakout yeah, year, didn't he? I mean, where did he finish before he tore his ACL? Was it top 15? Something like that. But Jerry Judy is a true, like, this is a true hardcore breakout. Like, right. I think he's going in the, uh, going off the board in the sixth round. Um, on underdog, he's actually a lot higher than that. It's like a fifth round pick, um, fourth or fifth round pick. But he's been, you know, he had all this, like, he had the same 
level of upside as CD Lamb did coming in. Obviously, yep. landing on the Denver Broncos, not having a quarterback, uh, not having a good offense, it really didn't behoove him for success. And then, you know, the guy also ran into a few injuries as well. Um, his rookie season, he had a rib contusion, shoulder sprain, ankle sprain, Achilles strain. He didn't miss any games. Um, but he did in 2021 miss six games because of a high ankle sprain. So he looks healthy right now. Camp reports are good. Hopefully he stays healthy, which would be a good thing. Um, and obviously the quarterback, Russell Wilson coming in is the big change for Jerry Judy. Uh, last year he only had 54 targets or 56 targets in the games that he played, um, which is an average of 5.6 targets a game, which is horrible. Like that's, he did have, <laughs> which shows you the Broncos and the way they played last year. He had a 20% target share last year with just 56 targets that's in 10 games. Yeah, it's that's not even right. But I look at the target share number. That's the thing I look at because 20% is not bad. But he also only like, you know, on a, on a game by game basis, you're only playing 64% of the snaps. I mean, it... There's it's it's all over the road with Jerry Judy. And so I would say part of it has been Jerry Judy not playing up to what he should be. And then sure. part of it is that they really haven't had a quarterback that could get him up to that level. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, between those two things, it kind of was difficult. Like his true catch rate, 84.4%. That's great. Wonderful. His actual catch rate, was uh, 67. Yeah. Like, that's freaking awful. Uh, and the reason why it's so low is because the quarterback play is terrible and they weren't getting him the ball properly and all that stuff. So, to me, I would say at this point for Jerry Judy, obviously I believe in his breakout upside. I think he's going to be a very, very good wide receiver, and I think it's all tied to the fact that the Denver Broncos offense is going to be significantly better. Um, the the pluses, obviously, that, that sounded like... um very negative about Jerry Judy. I'm like, I did. Don't, don't worry. Cause like, I'll be, yeah, you'll be very positive. But I did, I did want to say, um, you know, for Jerry Judy, he's like I said, he's still a great route runner. He had 49th percentile against man, 52nd percentile against zone 51st against press. So he's been okay. Um, in the first couple years and his sample size of the numbers that he has in 2021, obviously are not great. Uh, but, as he goes into uh, year three here, is that correct? It's his third year? Yeah. Year three, yep. Um, I think the quarterback changes everything, and I think that leads to a massive breakout for Jerry Judy. Yes. So I personally love Jerry Judy, and there was a part of me that was a little leany here in July um, just because he's moving up boards so much, and like I felt like the hype train was yeah. you know, starting to get out of control a little bit, but I'm back fully on board leading the train for Jerry Judy. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you why. First of all, I started off with that target share. Yes, he did not have a lot of targets last year, but nobody on the Broncos did. Cortland Sutton, who everybody says is the 1A, had less target share at 18% um, compared to Judy's 19.9. So at worst, you look at Judy, let's say you think Sutton's going to get more red zone and be the 1A. Yeah. Fine, you're looking at Jerry Judy being the 1B in an offense that's going to be significantly better, especially mm-hmm. passing. The Broncos only had 3,600 yards passing as a team 
3,800, I'm sorry. So that's a little bit better, but still not good at all. And 20 passing touchdowns. Do you think Russell Wilson is throwing 20 passing touchdowns? Um, no, he's, I would take the over. <laughs> I think Russell Wilson's worst year of his career, at he least you know, since he's been healthy, is last year, which was 25, okay. which he did in 14 games. Uh, the year before that, it was 40. So you know, my funny, guess is, last year, last year everyone said Russ sucked. <laughs> he threw twenty five touchdowns in thirteen games. Right, exactly. That's Russ's bad year. Yeah. He did that on four hundred passing attempts. Um, there's already been talks about the Broncos running a faster paced offense, good, which will also be better for the team. But to be honest, they don't even need to run a super fast paced offense. Because Russell Wilson is coming from a team that ran the fewest amount of plays in the league last year. Seattle was dead last in plays ran. So Russell Wilson did what he did yeah. on the fewest ran plays in the league. So Russell Wilson's going to have a good year. Um, Jerry Judy, at worst, is the 1B. And I hate to bring this up as well, but Tim Patrick, obviously with his season-ending injury, uh, there was some, you know, there's always every year there's like a random wide receiver three that people are just like, he's going to be a monster. And like Tim, there was a definitely big Tim Patrick crowd this year who thought he was better than Jerry Judy. Um, Tim Patrick is obviously out for the season. So now other than Judy and Sutton, the depth that the Broncos have all of a sudden doesn't really exist yeah. that much. KJ Hamler is a, I think a nice wide receiver three, but he's a complimentary piece. He's not going to take anything away from Sutton or Judy. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's just a bunch of guys who are fringe roster players. Um, Kendall Hinton, Hinton maybe who was like the quarterback slash receiver guy, Seth Williams, who they took in the fourth or fifth round yeah. uh, last year. So there's really not much behind those guys. It's going to be Judy. It's going to be Sutton. Those guys are going to dominate the target share on this team in a high powered offense. Yeah. Um, you saw what Lockett and Metcalf did. I think it's Judy and Sutton. Yeah, 2. I, was just, 0. I was just about to, I was just about to bring that up too, because Seattle really didn't have anyone outside of Lockett and Metcalf. Right. Um, and in that, in 2020, Russ played the whole season, had a very good year. Metcalf wide receiver, seven Tyler Lockett wide receiver, nine and half PPR. Um, Lockett was a little bit more up and down, like a little bit more inconsistent, but he was still only like 10, he was 14 fantasy points off Metcalf. And so it's like, Russ has the capability of carrying two top 10 wide receivers, you know? And, and I'm not saying Absolutely. Denver is going to do that, but, no. <laughs> but there is a chance that both Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy end up in the top 10. And I, I think that, Rick and I have both been very clear this entire offseason about how Jerry Judy is the guy. Like, that he was drafted to be, he was a first round pick. He was drafted to be this guy. And this is his opportunity to step up and take that role. I know people love Cortland Sutton. He's a big bodied receiver. He's going to get red zone targets. But absolutely, I think that Jerry Judy is just an extremely talented wide receiver. He's a great route runner. Right. And if he figures out some of the. And that doesn't take anything away. He's been struggling with. Say it again. I was just gonna say that doesn't take anything away from Sutton. No, either. it doesn't at all. I just think that Judy is is was right. drafted to be the guy. So, and that's what he's gonna end up being. Tim Patrick. He also like had a higher target share last year when both guys were playing. Judy was yeah. the guy that had the more targets. So, right. not by a lot, and I don't think it's gonna be up by a lot. I mean, it could be close to even. Yeah. Um, but I think Judy will get slightly more of the targets, which mm-hmm. is why um, I would put him ahead of Sutton. Yeah. But again, I've drafted Cortland Sutton. I probably will continue to. I think he's 
also a very good player. You said you could arguably put both guys on this list. Um, I think that's fair, but Jerry Judy's my guy. So yeah, fair enough. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next. Oh, I also want to say Jerry Judy has one of the easiest strength of schedules, according to oh, fantasy, there you go. fantasy pros. Um, the number four guy is Darnell Mooney. Now, this one is a little bit, as we get, these last two guys are a little bit more of mm-hmm. stretches. They're a little bit more difficult to project into that category of being a top 10, 12 wide receiver. Um, and just, I think it's circumstance that surrounds right. that surrounds these guys. Uh, that kind of pushes them a little bit more down. But like guys like Darnell Mooney um, and the guy we're going to talk about next, they're getting drafted consistently between round six and like eight. So um, they're kind of in spots where they're cheaper. You can probably get them and justify, like if you don't have two flex spots and you're starting two wide receivers, two running backs, a tight end, a quarterback, like, and you draft five or six, you can start one of these guys on your bench to start the season and hope it works out. But um Mooney is a really, really talented player. Last year, I think he had 140 targets, I wanted to say. Um, maybe more. Let me just mm. check. Uh, yeah, 140 targets last year. 8.2 uh, targets per game. Number 11 in the NFL. Um, 1,400 air yards. Number 13 in the NFL. So he was getting targeted, um, whether it was Justin Fields or whoever the heck the backup quarterback was. Um you know, he was getting targeted. He was getting opportunities. He had 81 catches, 100, uh, 1,055 yards, and only five total touchdowns. The question here is, does Justin Fields take an elite step in the next direction? Because I think with what's being made of the Bears wide receiver room, I actually think Darnell Mooney is a very good receiver. They just don't have another receiver to go with him. Um, and so everyone's making fun of the Bears receiving room and i actually i think mooney's a good player so i don't yeah I don't think mooney's they, a good player i don't right? think they have zero players like there are some teams in the nfl like the lions when they started the year last year and they have absolutely nobody <laughs> like, right like darnell mooney is actually a good football player so uh, because of that i think he's going to get a heavy target share from justin fields and if fields takes a step forward this year in his second year and ends up being really good i think you could see a heavy target share go towards mooney and and it will basically lead to elite success for him. Um, it just, I think all of the bad metrics that he had last year were just due to efficiency, not being there for the offense. Uh, like I said, the, the five touchdowns on the year that yeah. kill, like if you get 81 catches in PPR and a thousand receiving yards, uh, you should be pretty high up there and you should expect to be pretty high up there, but then you get five touchdowns and that just completely murders your upside. So right. um, I think Darnell Mooney has elite upside and can carry, I think the load at receiver for the Chicago bears. The question is, is it, is it going to be enough to get him with the bears being most likely being a bad offense, Justin yeah. Fields, I don't think he's going to take an elite like giant step this year because I don't think he has the personnel around him to do it. Um, so the question is, does he take a big step forward? And if that's the case, then Darnell Mooney does break out. Um, but the question is, you know, can that happen for the bears? And I'm not sure that's the case. I still think Darn- Darnell Mooney is a great player to draft because I think his, while his ceiling is like a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy football, I think that his median play is probably like wide receiver 15 to 17. 
Yeah, that's a, that's one of the good things about Mooney is I think his floor is pretty decent because he did what he did last year with horrible quarterback play. I just talked about how bad the Broncos were last year. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Bears. They had fewer yards, 3,600 passing yards as a team because yeah. it was split between Dalton and Fields. Um, and 16 total touchdowns. 16 passing touchdowns. Now, I don't know if Fields is going to take a big leap because I agree. Yeah. I'm really worried about the surrounding cast. But that doesn't include Mooney. It's everybody outside mm-hmm. of Mooney and Cole Komet. The depth on the Bears receiving cord and tight end core is just, I, I do not like it at all. But I think Fields will have a year to improvement. It's just going to be a matter of how much. And that will also affect Mooney of yeah. being a top 10 guy. And it depends how good Fields is in year two in that kind of jump. But even if he's just slightly better... I think he can throw more than 16 touchdowns. He had seven and 12 games last year. So if he just has a slight mm-hmm. improvement, um, I think you you could look at like 21, 22 touchdown passes for Fields. Yeah. And that's not even a great year, but I think Fields could do that. And with Darnell um, Mooney being it. literally the only guy there. Correct. Uh, and Mooney with 16 team touchdowns had four of them. It's a pretty good percentage. Do you also mm-hmm. want to know what his target share was last year? Enlighten me. 26.7%. I believe that was 11. Yep. That was 11th in the NFL. So he was an 11th in the NFL in target share mm-hmm. and they lose Allen Robinson, who was really the only other guy. I know he didn't have a lot of targets last year, but still the bears are in the top 10 and vacated targets. And the guys they added were Brian Pringle and Nikhil Harry who got hurt. So um, yes, Brian Pringle will take some of that, and some of the depth guys will take some of that. I think Cole Komet might get a couple extra targets here and there. I definitely think Cole Komet will get some extra targets. But that will still leave like another 20 targets to go to Mooney, who already had 140 last year. So you're looking at a guy who probably is going to get 160 targets, and volume is king, especially in PPR for wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care if he gets like five touchdowns, uh, which I think he'll get more than that. But let's say for the sake of the argument, he only gets five touchdowns. He's still going to have a better year than he did last year, and he was wide receiver 23. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, Lost your point, and now it's back. Yeah. Uh, Pringle. I was going to bring up Pringle. Uh, say his name again. Is it is it Byron or Brian? Byron. It's Byron. Yeah, it's Byron. Okay. I don't know I if it was Brian. just – sometimes there's those names that people have trouble saying. I don't know. I don't. I honestly just assumed it was yeah. Brian. Yeah, it's Byron. No, okay. Well, Weird. Just yeah, well, You're yeah, right. Byron, Byron Pringle. Pringle. Okay. Strange. Um, I should probably learn his name since he's the wide receiver two on an yeah, NFL team. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, people were having trouble, I guess, with uh, Romeo Dobbs. Romeo. I don't know if it's Romeo Ro- or Romeo. Is it? Ro- I thought it was Romeo. Um, but no, it's the actual. It's the Dobbs part because it's D O U B B S. So some people were calling him Dubs. Romeo I kind of like Dubs better. Yeah, it sounds kind of fun, but he did correct people and say oh, that it so was it's Dobbs. Dobbs. Okay. But uh, so yeah. Anyway, um, let's. Do you have any more thoughts on Darnell Mooney? Though? No, no. We can move on. Last okay. Guy. Last one is Rashad Bateman, and for me, I love Bateman. I love Bateman's upside. I projected him at um, I think 195 fantasy points, which is uh pretty good. I mean, that's I think low end wide receiver. Uh, no, high end wide receiver. Uh. Wow. High-end wide receiver, two numbers. So I like Bateman. I like his upside. We saw uh, in the draft the Ravens essentially say, okay, see you later, Hollywood. 
uh, we're switching directly to Rashad Bateman. So those vacated targets that you know um, Hollywood left in the in the dust here. What would mm-hmm. you say it was 140? Um, that oh that Hollywood got yeah was yeah. I think it was 140. I would assume it's safe to say that Rashad Bateman is going to step into that role and take at least 130 targets. Um, he's a you know another one of those big-bodied receivers, kind of like Michael Pittman, who uh, is going to get targeted in the red zone. I think they like that a little bit better than having you know the field stretcher um, in in Hollywood Brown, and I think because of this. You're going to get a similar target share, um, but you're going to get, I think, more touchdowns out of Rashad Bateman than you would have Mia Cole. I mean, not Mia Cole Hardman. My God. Hollywood Brown. Yeah, I don't know why I just said Mia Cole Hardman. Though. Could he be more efficient too? With I yes. think yeah, had, that's what I was going to say is that that because of the touchdowns, he had like nine or ten drops. So I, I don't know if Bateman Bateman will get a couple drops, but I don't know if he's going to get. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there's going to be way better efficiency out of Rashad Bateman going into 2022. So I think the trade, I'm actually like, to be honest with you, I'm actually kind of shocked that there is even the palpability of getting him in the sixth round. Like that people didn't automatically see Hollywood and his 146 targets go to, you know, and then have all of those vacated target targets essentially for the Ravens and not I want to say an underdog he is now like a fifth round pick um but I can double check it says 54 on player profiler I think that's about that's that's like fifth round so but like it shocks me that people are not trying to take him sleeper I'm pretty sure he's lower vicinity as like Michael Pittman yeah um just because like I, I feel like he's going to be a guy that gets a lot of targets and a good offense and have a lot of red zone upside. Um, he was 74th percentile against man, 85th against zone, 81st against press. So good route runner, had a lot of success rate against m- multiple coverages. Um, I think that he can go into this year and, and have a breakout. The only thing that caps him a little bit is the Ravens um, and the fact yeah. that they're they would be lucky to throw 525 passing attempts. <laughs> that would that would be generous. Well, last year they threw 611. Uh, yeah, but how many? That was because they didn't have another quarterback that did the same things as Lamar. When Lamar has the right. ball. So what you got to factor in is that I feel like at least they probably call 600 passing attempts a year and at least 20% of them turn into running plays by Lamar Jackson. No, that's fair. So I, I really think that... was on pace, day, though, for 584 passing attempts before he got hurt last year. So it's not 600, yeah, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. But either way, bad. either way, I, I think that the offense that the, the Ravens runs is kind that of... That will kept. definitely determine Bateman's ceiling, for sure. Yeah, like like if, if, if he really is throwing it 600 times, I think Bateman is a 160 target wide receiver that can then break into the top five. Um... But the reason why I don't say he can do that right now is because I, I don't I think his strength of schedule is like mediocre. It's not great. Um, so it's it's not like he's he's got this great strength of schedule that's gonna propel him to, you know, amazing performances every single week. Um, but I also think that when the Ravens are running the Ravens offense with Lamar Jackson being the way Lamar Jackson is, this is a team that's not gonna do over hundred five hundred and twenty five passing attempts. So um, we'll see. I mean, we'll it could see. happen. 
If it does, I'm all up, all aboard the Bateman train, and I still am all aboard the Bateman train. I projected him 196 fantasy points, so I'm yeah. all in. But uh, and 140 targets for Hollywood last year, like that was with 600 pass attempts. So that's yeah. why I'm like I'm in the, I'm in this situation where it's like there's almost for me expected regression when it comes to passing right. attempts for the for the Ravens and when that and I don't happens. know if this helps um, because you do expect a decrease and I expect a decrease as well. It's 611. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, it just depends on how much of a decrease you expect, but they do have the fourth most vacated targets in the league at 267. But if they decrease like by say last year, let's say they decrease by like 50 to 75 pass attempts. That would yeah, drop. It's that still total. 200 vacated targets. How many did they have? 200. What? 67. Where, who, who left? Uh, it wasn't just Hollywood. I believe uh, Sammy Watkins oh, yeah, had a big right. target share. Um, I think some of the running backs. Yeah, so they'll have out. they'll have like right around like 190, so. 195 targets. I mean, yeah, uh, that, that are vacated. So I mean, like I said, I'm not arguing against Bateman. I'm just arguing against how high his ceiling can go. Right. So I think That's he's a fair. breakout. I think he's a breakout. I think he's a top twelve guy. His floor year. is absolutely high, though. Like you're getting. Oh yeah. You're getting a guy in the fifth round that I think you know will be a wide receiver like two. Mid range wide receiver two. Yeah. Potential to be a wide receiver one. Like his median outcomes are pretty good. But anyway. that's why, like, in sleeper, isn't he like a sixth round pick? He's a little lower. Six, seven. Yeah, that's like that. that's what I've been like. My brain has been going off lately because I've been doing several mocks and right. sleeper, which is like a, a kind of a steal <laughs> at that point in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm 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 very much in on Bateman. Any other thoughts on yeah. Rashad Bateman? No, I think that's uh, that's about it. Okay, there you go. Breakout wide receivers for fantasy football 2022. We get five guys: C.D. Lamb, Michael Pittman Jr., uh, Jer- uh, Jerry Judy, Darnell Mooney, Rashad Bateman. Uh, we got we got our top breakout running backs tomorrow. We're going to give you three guys and then a mock draft on Thursday. Be sure to check it out, guys. See you later. See you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube, and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.